Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Your journey nears its end. This is Jim with an editor's note. As you might imagine, the raw recording of our discussion about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, went on for quite a long time. So we decided to split our discussion into three parts. Yes, we're making a trilogy of episodes about the third movie in the third trilogy. In part one, we focused on a list of things that I find good about the movie, including some of its cinematography and nostalgic fan service moments, as well as how neither one of us sees the movie as retconning The Last Jedi. In part two, we began working through my list of things that I think are bad about the movie, including its safe and simple plot, aimless action, excessive exposition, what I call the MacGuffin scavenger hunt, the Sith dagger and Sith wayfinders, some of its other plot problems, unanswered questions, and unnecessary new characters. In this, the third and final part of our series, we will finish my list of things that I think are bad about the movie, and then get into my short list of things that I think are truly ugly about this movie, and then conclude with our metaphorical ratings and final thoughts. Even though it probably goes without saying, I will say it anyway. If you proceed past this point, you will hear spoilers. (laughs) And now, without further ado, Fanboy Night Mike and Darth Hater Jim conclude their epic discussion and debate about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. My next big thing is what I call fake feels. This movie for me really lacked a lot of emotional depth and the times that they tried it was fake to me especially how quickly they reverse it like Chewie's non-death. Chewie's dead! No he's not! I love Chewbacca. But you know what? Take a risk. Let him be dead. Let no. Ray let that fuck Ray up because it fucked Ray up a little bit that she threw force lightning and she thought she killed Chewie. Let that continue to fuck her up to add some more emotional depth in the movie. But having Chewie be dead for like a second and then find out that he's not dead, what the fuck? Don't but toy if, with us. But like then that. we wouldn't get the Chewie finding out that Leia's dead scene. I know. I mean, I, I know. But my my whole problem is I don't fake death it. If you're going to do that, 
have him be dead. Don't pretend or, or make us or, think for a couple minutes that he's dead. Or let us know that he's not dead. Sooner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let, like, let us know somehow by like markings on the ship or something that which one he's on versus which one he's not on. Or, I don't know. But at the same time, again, it's easy to say that now afterwards. But as you're watching it, at least for me, the first time watching it, I was like, what the hell? They actually killed Chewie that way? And then you find out Chewie's back on. I'm like, oh, thank God. So it worked for me the first time. Now, now you don't get that emotional impact on follow-up because you know, but it worked for me. I liked it. I'm glad he didn't die that way. I'm not saying I wanted him to die at all. I love Chewbacca, but it's just like, it, to me, it was just in a movie that lacks a lot of emotion. They faked it with that. The other thing, that, yeah. again, it's not a death, but it was almost death-like, but a fake feel. The 3PO's non-memory loss. They make like a big scene about how, oh my God, it's essentially like killing him because his memory is being wiped out. And a couple of minutes later, he gets his memory back. I was envious because the only memory he really loses is of the MacGuffin scavenger hunts. <laughs> so he forgets that he went on the dumbass mission, but has all of his other memories back. I just didn't like that they made such a big deal about making that decision. When it was just strict, well, actually, but they don't. All of them are like, oh, yeah, let's do that. The only one making a big deal about it was C-3PO, and only because he didn't trust R2-D2's backup. But they flat out say at the very beginning, like, oh, he's got to back up your memory, right? Oh, but it's not reliable. No, no, it's obviously going to be reliable to anybody. So I guess I didn't get fake feels out of that, because I knew it was like, oh, okay, there's... Well, because he fine. got that, like, big speech. It's like, what are you doing, 3PO? I'm taking one last look at my friends. But to him, he thought he was going to die because he didn't think that there was a backup. Right. So for him, it was a big deal. And everybody else was like, whatever, dude, get on the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that to me, again, it's like it would have been more emotional if he his memory had been wiped. But again, the other thing is, like, his memory's been wiped before. He got his memory got wiped at the end of the prequel, so he forgot everything that happened in the prequels. Yeah. So his memory has been essentially he'd been essentially killed and rebooted before. So what's the big deal? Yeah. It was giving Anthony Daniels, the actor, a chance to have a dramatic moment and a meta layer of the audience. You're saying goodbye to all of your friends because this is the last movie of the trilogy in the saga. The characters that were in all of the movies. Yes, R2-D2 and C-3PO being the two characters that were in all of the movies. Right. Ray's non-death is another fake feel for me. Like at the end of the movie when she falls. It's also, some people have even argued, did she actually die? Or was she just like passed only out? mostly dead. Exactly. She had to go to Miracle Max again because she was only mostly dead. So but that fake out, especially since it only lasts like a, a minute. You know what I really liked about that? And I didn't think about it until the last time I saw it. The whole purpose, the whole reason that Anakin went dark side was to stop people from dying. The last person in his bloodline achieved that power. Ben, he stopped her from dying. He force healed her back or force yeah. resurrected her. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole thing Anakin wanted to do was have the ability to stop somebody from dying. Okay. And Ben accomplished that. And Ben's whole character was he wanted to be as strong as his grandfather. At the end of it, he did something, the one thing his grandfather could never do. I won't argue against that. I didn't really think about it in those terms. I didn't at first either. It was only after the last one. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And it clicked for me. My other thing. I have my smart hat on. <laughs> 
Why don't you wear that all the time? It the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing under fake feels, which is also another one of the excessive exposition, it annoyed me the two things the if this doesn't work, everything that we have fought and died for was for nothing. Poe does that. Overactor. Overactor, he overacts it. It's also, it's like, yeah, no shit. We understand, because at that point with our Babu fricking Freepio, the clock is now eight hours. We only have eight hours until the fleet leaves Exegol. We got to do this because if we don't, we're all fucked. It's like, yeah, we know. You're trying to make it build up the emotion. And then a few minutes later, Freepio basically says the exact same thing. Because they're like, Freepio, you know the odds better than us. Should we wipe your memory? Should we do this? And he's like, well, if we don't do this, then everything we have ever fought for is for nothing. So I guess we have, we get it. It's like trying to fake feel and inject emotion into it by telling us that we're supposed to feel tension and drama. That's not how storytelling should work. That and the, and, and the big post speech at the end is like, everybody gave up hope, which he tells us multiple times throughout the movie. But good people will fight if we lead them. Fuck off. It's like, we know you're going to rally people together. It's Star Wars. It's Disney. The good guys are going to come back and win. We don't need the freaking exposition. Don't tell, not show. We know that from just watching the movie. We don't need you to fucking almost break the fucking fourth wall and look directly at us and tell us, hey, are you guys paying attention? Because this is kind of kind of serious right now. There's like a real emotional, important stuff happening here. Like if we fuck up, like the whole galaxy's dead. You guys get that, right? Okay, good. You're paying attention. Next aimless action scene. <laughs> All right. You are way too animated for radio. <laughs> but I have a face made for radio. That's true. That's true. <laughs> now. Which uh, of the 23 things I just said would you like to respond to? <laughs> I, I really think that you are just nitpicking in your head to the point that it drives you nuts. Oh, no. I, I, th I think those I things meant... are kind of necessary. Again, you are a, how, what, 67-year-old adult? <laughs> You're critically thinking all of these things. And eight I, am, I am 48 years young. Thank you, whippersnapper. All right. An eight-year-old watching this movie needs that exposition to determine how, how big this is. Again, through the mind of a child, you have to make things simplified. You have to somewhat explain these things for a child to understand how important it really is. I think they outsourced the script to an eight-year-old child, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> the level of storytelling complexity. Is, you really are a dick today. I am. I am. I am being Darth Dick today. This is fanboy the <laughs> dick. Fanboy and Darth Dick. <laughs> but no, you make a good point. There are some things that need to be queued up for the younger audience, and I think again. For the C-3PO part, he doesn't want to do this because he thinks this is the end. Like, he's going to lose everything if he does this thing. And so, hey, is this is it worth doing? That's him going, I'm not bigger than everything else going on. Even if this does completely wipe me out and I'm dead, at least everybody else survives because I did this thing. So the C-3PO part, I completely agree. The Poe part, I think that's just kind of him. Again, this movie... The storyline of his character through this movie is he's taking on the pressure of becoming the leader. And him, that line from him of going, this is, if we don't do this, everything was for nothing, 
Again, look at everything he sacrificed. He's sacrificing his relationship with Felicity Bliss. He's sacrificing. <laughs> oh my God! They should have just called her that. That would have been awesome. <laughs> and and then, like every all the weight that he's felt through this whole thing was all for nothing if they don't do this one thing. He's feeling that weight of everything on his shoulders. Because it is no longer on Leia's shoulders. Now it's on his shoulders. Well, she wasn't dead at that point. But, but he's I, I feeling the point. transition. He's feeling the transition. But the movie, I understand the, the kid thing. But you should give the audience enough credit to understand that. Or the performance right. should make you feel that without someone having to tell See, you to, that. So to me, I didn't feel like he was telling us that. To me, I feel like he was kind of talking to himself. Like the character was like just feeling the weight. And that's... If you're in that position and you're feeling that weight, that is something you're going to say. You're going to be like, hey, guys, just so we're clear. I know you know, but I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. This is fucking important. This, it this is it. This is the end. Yeah. He should have just said, I know it goes without saying. That would have been the only thing that would have made it worse for me. It's like, yeah, toss that in there. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I understand your point. The, the last thing about the fake feels, and I go, it's, it's nitpicky because I'm being Darth Dick today uh, in anti-JJ. Droid JJ, which is Do, he play he provides the voice. Oh, that's of, what you meant by that. Of Droid, uh, a Do, the tiny little droid that runs around on the one squeaky wheel. He also annoys me because uh, several times throughout it, he basically gives emotional cues to the audience. Sad, happy. You mean like R two D two did in the originals? Yeah, but you can actually hear him. He, he's another droid who speaks English. Yes, R two D two did that as well, but it annoys me again. I'm. Garth dicking about J.J. Abrams because it's J.J. Abrams' voice going, sad, happy. <laughs> it's like, uh, we can figure out if the scene is sad or happy without you telling us if the scene is sad or happy. Again, I'm nitpicking, I know, but it's like, it annoyed me. My next point is more actually philosophical. I actually want to get your view on this. The ben Demption, as it's called. The redeeming Ben Solo. Kylo Ren becoming Ben Solo again. Do you think he was redeemed or even redeemable? And I don't know if it helps, but you could take those as two separate questions. Was he redeemable at all? And whether or not he actually did achieve redemption? Right. It really depends on viewpoint and what you mean by redeemed or redeemable. I think in the same way that Vader was redeemed or redeemable, they both did horrific things when they were influenced by the dark side, but then when they came back to the light side, they realized how horrible the deeds were. So I, I kind of liken it back to, to Revan, and I know it's non-canon, I think, at this point. Yes. Um, but kind of the same thing. Went dark side, did horrific things, came back to the light, and then kind of went back and forth a little bit. And Yes. Very interesting character. Yeah. Great. I, I really hope they investigate that area. Technically, he's been technically recanonized because one of the groups of Sith Eternals, they were organized into different groups, and one of them was the Revan group. So they were worshippers of Revan on Exegol. Sorry, not to take a side tangent there. Nerd. Nerd! <laughs> kind of the same thing on that. Like, Revan, even when he was redeemed, though, he was still kind of outcast. They're like, okay, yes. we will consider you a Jedi, but you're going to be a Jedi over there and not do any Jedi things. Because people know. Right. We can't trust you. Right. We right. accept that you have redeemed yourself. So I think kind of the same thing where it, if he were to have survived this, 
I think he would have basically had to go off into hiding or, you know, recluse somewhere because everybody knows. Would that have been a better redemption arc in terms of it, that he survived and then had to go prison or some type of further penance that he had to do? I like that he died. Okay. And, and I like that he died because that concludes the Skywalker saga. If he survived, then there could be more Skywalkers. And that opens up a whole nother can of worms because that bloodline could continue. But this was the end of the Skywalker bloodline. Yes. It's all done. So I like that he died. But if he had survived, yeah, I think he would have had to end up being outcast. And maybe that would be the story of him and Rey together on Tatooine in that hut. Who knows? I mean, I guess both the new and old Vader kind of share the same quote unquote redemption. Yeah. Vader turns on the Emperor to save his son, which is, yes, a redemptive act. Did it completely redeem all of the bad things that Vader did? I don't know. But the other thing that's complicated about Vader, though, before he became a bad guy, he was a good guy for a long time. Mm -hmm. Anakin Skywalker, the Jedi Knight, did a lot of good for a long time before he became Darth Vader. Well, I think that's another important thing, too, is those where those characters mirror is their struggle between light and dark. Yes. Like they, we... they, they have to force themselves into the dark side to give into the dark side when they're constantly being pulled to the light. And I did play with, I mean, the same was true of Anakin, but they also did play up the angle that Ben was manipulated by mm -hmm. Palpatine. Right. Like you said, you're, I'm every... In the same way that Vader was. Exactly. I'm every voice you've ever heard in your head. So his internal struggle was him being fucked with by Palpatine. That doesn't forgive what he did. Right. But it makes he still him made less, the choices to do those things. Right. But it, it makes him a little bit less evil, I guess, in the sense that he was manipulated. I don't know. Again, I don't. I never looked at this as whether or not he was redeemed. I just looked at him as he realized what he had done wrong and made the decision to go back to the light side. Okay. So you don't even see it as redemption. No. Okay. No. You don't even think it's a because the Ben Bendemption is the the term that was being thrown around a lot before Rise of Skywalker came out. And one of the things that we even talked about back when we did our speculation of Skywalker episode, I kind of asked is like, will he be redeemed and or will he die? Is that one the act of teaming up with Rey against the Emperor a redemptive act, or even saving Rey? I guess is maybe more of a redemptive act, or I guess maybe a different way to ask it. Was it too simplistic that they just kind of flip a switch and now he's Ben Solo again? Again, I don't think it flipped a switch. I think the entire series was about his inner confliction. He, he, he even says multiple times, I keep being drawn to the light. Help me stay to the dark. You know, he's, he's trying to be dark side because he feels like he's supposed to be or like he's being pushed that way by various forces when he really feels like he should be light side. So I think that internal struggle in itself just leads to, of course, he's going to end up being light side because he's being drawn. The light side's pulling him through the whole thing. And I think the part where that quote unquote switch flips, I think it works perfectly. Okay. So I guess you want to you want to get into that scene because you did, you saw it differently. You didn't like that scene, right? The uh, oh, when he gets flipped. Yeah. I mean, I like the Han Kylo scene in terms of his resonance with the Force Awakens. I thought it was a little bit weird that after he becomes Ben Solo, he doesn't talk anymore. <laughs> For he the does. Last, he says, ow. He says, ow. Yeah, the last 45 <laughs> minutes of the movie, the only word he says is, ow. Again, I already have been criticizing exposition, 
So it's not like I wanted him to give a speech because that would have been bad too. But I was just like, it just seemed a little bit like, well, maybe let me ask this part. Did he get redeemed or did Leia redeem him? Like, what did Leia do? How did you see that scene? Leia forgave him. So is that what she was doing when she reached out with the Force? Yeah, that's how I saw it. Because if you, like, right before that, he says, you can't go back to her the same way I can't go back to her. Right. So to me, that says he wants to go back, but he feels like he can't because of the guilt. So when she reaches out and in in the act, he's about to do something horrible that he knows is horrible. He doesn't want to do it, but he feels like he has to. He hears his mother forgive him. His mother reaches out to him. And that's what he wants. He says, I mean, he wants to go back to his mom. He says it afterwards when he's talking to the memory of Han Solo. But he said, but right before he said, I guess he oh, no, yeah, to well, that, he wanted, like, he, he can't go back. Yeah, because he, he, it's actually back when he's trying to convince Rey to right. turn to the dark side. It's like, you should turn to the dark. You can't go back to Leia, just like I can't go back right, to Leia. Exactly. Right. So to me, that, that establishes, again, that pull to the light side, but also he's staying in the dark side because he feels like he has to. But then in that moment, when he's about to do something extremely dark and everything's kind of hinging on that moment, his mother reaches out and says his name. He hears his mother say his name and he knows that his mother is giving the last of her life just to connect to him. And he takes that as forgiveness. And that that's where he comes back and says, oh, I could have gone back. Is that? And then immediately after that, the person that just killed him, that he feels that connection with, saves his life and is crying because she also feels the loss that he feels. Right, because she says Leia. Right. She feels her death. Exactly. And that connection right there, that struggle just kind of com- comes to a full head right there. And that's when he has the vision of his father. And that's a memory. And he says, you know, I know you're just a memory. You know, it's not like Hans there. He's not Force Ghost or anything like that. It's a memory. He's playing that in his head. He's trying to work through the emotions in his head. Right, and I can see that. I mean, part of the reason why I didn't like that, and again, a couple of side notes there, because of Carrie Fisher's tragic death, that scene probably would have been different. Cause we, as we, It would have been more than just his name. It would have been more than just his name, but we also talked uh, on during our speculation of Skywalker post I had asked if Han Solo would be in this movie, and both you and Brandon said no for the very good logical argument that Harrison Ford was done with Star Wars, Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to be in this movie. I was very shocked he came back. It probably was, and I have to imagine that he was influenced by Carrie Fisher's death, and he felt Mm -hmm. in a way that it was honoring her in a way. And because she couldn't do what... Right, because maybe that scene would have played out differently. Maybe it literally would have been her force projecting herself and actually having a face-to-face conversation. The scene probably would have ended the same way, but it could have been different, and it would have been nice to see that. So that was one of the things, like, how we got to that scene was a little bit unusual for me, because I wasn't sure if it... Again, it said it was a memory. We've never seen anything exactly like that, but again, it worked for the story, and again, it's probably my favorite scene. My other sign tangent question is, what killed Leia? The effort of reaching out to Ben killed her? Yeah. Why? She was already close. Why? So she only had a little bit left, and it takes just took the last little bit of energy she had to do that. Why was she already the, close the to that? The same way force projection killed, because she's old. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, that's again, they'd kind of set up that they were transferring things over to Poe and that just look at the way she was moving around and everything. It it wasn't smooth. There was there wasn't much energy there. To me, I guess they kind of had been setting up and making it look like she didn't have a lot left in the tank. Okay. You got to remember, she'd also been closed off from the force this whole time. Well, for the most part, she hadn't been using the force. Yes. Other yeah. than other than when she Mary Poppins back to, to the, the ship. ship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's one of the other things that I'm. I'm again. And many... she went through all that trauma not too long ago as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, she that was kind of a near death experience, and that probably could have put her on the brink of death. Okay, I'll buy that. And then that the effort of doing whatever she did to connect to Ben probably put her uh, over the edge. I mean, some people have even tried to surmise maybe she force projected herself as Han, and that's what that conversation was. But either way, that some... that's that's possible because she didn't become one with the Force until he died. He died, right? She was dead because she had the sheet. Yeah, over she was her, she was dead, but she, but she didn't... didn't become one with the Force. Like she hung out. My mom would do that. She hung around until she'd have hung around until yep. she knew that I was taken care of. That, my mom's that pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll look in my mom to Leia. Okay. Come at me, bro. <laughs> well, I've never met your mom. I'm sure she's a lovely woman. She is. I mean, look around. <laughs> look at the cool oh, stuff yeah, she, the say- she got me. She got me that. She got me the Avengers, uh, the Endgame poster as well. I mean, she feeds my nerd, <laughs> and she knows nothing about any of it. She literally, like, she was one of those moms that would, like, fist fight in the aisles to make sure I got the Skeletor that I wanted. <laughs> my mom's freaking awesome man she <laughs> she worked three jobs to make sure that like come christmas time i got what i wanted for christmas like she awesome she worked her ass off for me and for my sister my mom is awesome i should do a fanboy favorites on my mom you should for mother's day hey that's a good idea so i guess my other point there is obviously we don't know what would have happened in this movie if carrie fisher hadn't tragically died there right. may be she may have done some kick-ass action fighting with lightsaber stuff in this but we have no idea what she would have been doing in right. this movie. But again, um, I don't I don't think he was necessarily redeemed. I think he he realized he didn't have to be dark. Right. And he so he he came back, he went with the light which had always been pulling him and did what he had to do. Uh, again, from that point on when he never said a word, he was just determined. He's like I've got to make sure that Ray's okay. From I, then on, that's cuz that's the only connection I, he has left in all <laughs> of anything in the galaxy. The only connection he has left is Ray. He needs to make sure that she survives what she's going into. And he does that. I buy that. The reason why I thought it was a little bit too quick of a, a switch flip is because even though there were a few times where we saw him struggling with internal conflict, we never really saw him try to do anything good. And even earlier in the movie, he's still bad. He's like, he wants to kill the emperor, doesn't kill him because. The Emperor promises to give him stuff. He gives the Darth Vader speech, basically, to Rey on the Death Star. It's like, join me. Together, we can defeat the Emperor. He mm-hmm. knows it, but which is basically also just a callback to the Empire Strikes Back. So he wasn't like, hey, I'm going to join you on the light, and let's go defeat no. the Emperor in the name of the light and in, in, in honor of the Skywalkers. Join me. We'll crush the Emperor and we'll be in control of the galaxy. And and in that fight, I don't think he was about to kill Ray. Ray was at least holding her own, but he wasn't fighting. He was about to kill her because, he, well, he, because he, at well, that point was, she had given up. Well, she was, he was fighting to kill her. But that's kind of my point. It's like 
he he, just, he tried to get her to turn. She turned him down, and he was trying to kill her. So he wasn't. So he was all I don't know, all dark. He wasn't holding back. He was about to try to kill her. Yeah, and then whoop, now he's good again. But I think also throughout this whole thing, again, the way that I saw it, even without some of the explanation at the end, like even during First Force Awakens, the whole time I'm like, he's not really dark side he's doing what he feels like he's supposed to be doing on the dark side his whole speech like, like you just said join me and we'll defeat the emperor but he kind of says it more in a way of i never intended to follow the emperor i'm just waiting for my chance to kill him because i am the leader now and so that, again that's how i took it so all of that stuff i never i never took it that way uh, I, I always took it as he's being he's doing what he needs to do to look dark side, to make people think that he's dark side, to convince himself that he's dark side. But okay. the whole time he was more pulled to the light. I keep thinking dark side from Superman. Every time <laughs> you say, he's trying to be dark side. It's like, really? <laughs> you know, nothing would surprise me at this point. But I guess my I, I agree with everything that you're trying to say. And they kind of have been not retconning, but playing up the manipulation angle because in like the kylo ren comics they've even revealed that he didn't actually destroy the jedi temple that in the kylo yeah. ren comics they're making it seem like the emperor destroyed the or snote for the emperor yeah. Yeah. destroyed the temple and that he was blamed for it and was hurt that everyone thought that he destroyed the temple and everyone thought that he killed Luke, not knowing that Luke tried to kill him. So he was hurt, and and then he was being emotionally manipulated by Snow, and who is basically the Emperor. So they've been playing up the whole thing that, yes, he was evil, but he was manipulated into being evil. Mm -hmm. Right. That, again, doesn't forgive everything, especially the, the hardest thing to forgive, he straight up murders his dad. That's yeah. that the hardest, because that's like, if you had a point, again... And I understand if he didn't kill Han in the first movie, we wouldn't have a trilogy. But that just seemed like there was a moment. It's like, you choose. Do you want to be good yeah. or dark? Or or if you don't even like the Jedi Sith good dark thing, you just, just come home and we'll, we'll be a fucking weird dysfunctional family. But he chooses to murder Han. Right. But again, he even says in that moment, though, I don't know if I have the strength to do it. And I still come into question. I still wonder who hit the button. You think Han killed himself? To help his son, maybe. You think Han pushed first? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you really think, uh, how would it, not, you don't think Kylo Ren ignited well, the, the lightsaber? There was, there was something that I had read at one point that there was a possibility at one point that Kylo Ren was almost like being spy-ish, like he was infiltrating, and he knew that he had to kill Han. Like they both knew Han had to die there for whatever Kylo's plan was to work. And he said, you know, I need your help. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Yeah, I, I saw something along those lines, too. I actually was scared briefly when they said that there was a spy inside the First Order. I was like, oh, fuck, they're not going to make Kylo Ren be a good guy <laughs> like the entire time. And could kind of could point is less like I was forced to kill Han to keep my cover. I've been under I've been undercover right. Skywalker the whole time. And that's why I, I, I feared that that's where they were first going. Right. Or maybe maybe Han reached out to take the lightsaber from him and hit the button or, or something. So he's a dumbass who hit the button by accident? <laughs> or like made him slip or something. I don't know. Okay. 
It's possible because he doesn't look like he really wanted to do it. He was very remorseful afterwards, especially when he took the blaster bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to point that out. What's that? All right. People talking about Kylo Ren saying that he's not that powerful and, and stuff like that. I've heard a lot about that. Motherfucker stopped and held a blaster bolt and just held it there while doing other things, not even paying attention to it. Having a long conversation. Had a long conversation. Held it there for a long time. And then he took a blaster bolt from the bowcaster that sends people flying and he just took a knee. Yes. And got back up and kept going. He was bleeding pretty bad, but yeah. Like when people say, oh, why was Ray able to hold her own in that fight? Because he got a crossbow. He should have been dead. Yes, he got a crossbow blast to the friggin' almost to the same spot where he got stabbed with a lightsaber in this right? movie. <laughs> so speaking of the lightsaber stab, forced residence. That's my pun. The use of the force throughout the sequel trilogy, but especially in this movie, at times irritated me. And the Force Resonance that I'm talking about is that they came back to it to set stuff up later. So first off, Force Healing. And here's another one where exposition. So we see Ray Force Heal a snake. And then we're all like, what the fuck's going on? Unless you had seen The Mandalorian the week before and saw Baby Yoda Force Heal somebody. Or had read books and knew that that was or a play thing. Video games, or play video games. Or play video games. anything else outside of the movie. anything else outside of this movie. She Force Heals a snake, which is weird. But she doesn't in part so that she can have exposition to say, I gave some of my life force up to heal it. Mm -hmm. Just to establish that that's a thing. So that later when she force heals Kylo, we're not, what the fuck? And when and then later when Kylo force heals or resurrects her, we're not like shocked that right. that's something that can happen. So for me, it was just like, eh. The only thing that bothers me about that is how she learned to do it. Was she just figuring out how to do it on the snake, or did she know how to do it before? She she was a homeschooled Jedi. She got the books. That's right. Maybe she read it in one of the books. Right. She trained with Leia, which, again, is probably another thing that would have been much better about this movie. The training sequence with her yeah. and Leia probably would have been fucking awesome. But she did take all the Jedi books, and she did read up. So maybe she read up about it. But yeah, eh, how she passed the Jedi GED by homeschooling herself, I don't know. But yeah. The reason I call it Force Resonance, because it was needed as a plot device later to, for yeah. two of them to heal each other. The next thing up was adding a physical dimension to Skyping. We had Force Skyping in the previous movies where they could have basically a video chat using the Force. It did briefly become physical when they touched hands mm -hmm. and also when some of the like, water, water. Yeah. gets on them. So there was an establishment that realities could bleed through or whatever the connection could become physical like anything is possible with the force <laughs> oh you need something to happen let's just use the force i didn't like it but at the same time i did because one of the coolest lightsaber battles in the movie uses that they actually mm -hmm. have a lightsaber battle while force skyping and it's really cool from a cinematography standpoint because like stuff bleeds through the scenes mm -hmm. like kylo ren like cuts open a bag and the contents of that bag spill out Right. Into his room on the destroyer. Now, when they destroy the pedestal and the and Darth Vader's helmet lands on his, at his on, feet, on his feet, he's like, like, "Oh, that's where you are." Right. So it's like, so it was cool, but it's like that's a little bit over the top. It also triggered in me. It's like, well, then Luke could have fought him in the Last Jedi. 
<laughs> but they didn't have that connection. Yes, they didn't have the forced dyad. It, it only connection. works between those two because they're the dyad. Yeah, because of the forced dyad thing. So yeah, and I, it was cool, but it was like, eh. and then also the other thing about the physical skyping of the the conveniently ripping the necklace off of her, mm-hmm. and then saying, "Hey, we know where they are now because apparently this necklace is nowhere else in the galaxy." <laughs> Except this one planet. <laughs> well, it's a traditional necklace for... It's like a lei. Somebody's like, hey, look at this. So in, they're in Le- Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Lays are other places. You can go buy a lei. Well, it would be a plastic lei. But there are flower lays you can buy in other places other than Hawaii. Right. But, again, this was from a traditional party that only happens every 42 years. Yes. An oddly specific number. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to have it's not like they're like oh that's where you are they had to have it analyzed to figure out okay where does this well that one from? they had to have it analyzed but the thing that annoyed me is like he figured out where she was when he saw the vader mask the entire time they're fighting she's holding the sith dagger but he might not have known that the sith dagger was left in his office for right. him because he hadn't been back to his ship yet right. but yeah it was a little bit of a cheap way to say we can figure out where you are because of that you know one thing i liked about him the more I wa- I didn't like Kylo Ren at first. I thought he was just a, well, I guess it fits in the Skywalker. He's just a whiny little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really liked, I, I end up liking about the character, also comes in just, just that part. That helmet lands. He's not like, what are you doing on my ship in my room? He was like, oh, that's where you are. Okay. And move on. I really like, like this whole movie. He's just on a mission. Mm-hmm. Nothing's getting his way. He's taking care of that mission, which is what I love about Vader. Yes. He is on a mission and he's going to do whatever it takes to get that thing done. Kylo Ren does the same thing. He's not as cool as Vader. He's not as cool as Vader. But, I mean, he's as cool as you can get to be a Vader. I mean, he is the new Vader, so that's what he's supposed to be. Go ahead. I was going to say, all all that stuff, and again, some of that stuff is all the cool new Force stuff, like the Force healing, the the Force echo. There's a couple other things that happen, too. Well, the other one that I had down was what I call object teleportation, which is essentially like, what. Yeah, same but, thing. But, but it was also the reason I put it down there separately is to see the passing him the lightsaber. Yeah. Was a little bit needlessly cinematic flourish. It's like, just throw the fucking lightsaber to him. He's right there. <laughs> it's like. But he wasn't right there. He was in another room. He was around the corner. Okay. But it's like, it was just, to me, it's just like an unnecessary setup for that. Just so the show. That they could pass physical objects and that the, yeah. the, the realities could bleed through. That was this, an awesome moment. It was cool, but at the same time, it's just like it's just like going for cool to fill in the fact that the rest of the movie is bad for a flourish. Of that. You thought it was bad, so then you read that into it. Well, I thought it was bad anyway, but for I me, thought it was awesome, especially that part, because then it also allowed Kylo Ren to do the very Hanish thing when he pulls it out and just kind of go. Did you see the Kylo challenge? That was basically no. mocked online. Basically, people not mocked, but on people on social media were doing the the Kylo challenge. It would basically some people were using a broomstick, some people were actually using lightsaber toys. They were basically reaching behind their back, pulling it out, and going doing the Han shrug. It was called the Kylo challenge. It was popular. What's for a couple challenging years. about that? It's not cha- it's just just to make a to make a video that makes you look like that what he does in that scene. Mostly it was kids pulling out lightsaber toys and going. I don't understand social media. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that that scene was kind of cool. But if, for me, it's just like, 
in general, I didn't like going back to the Force and, and using it as a plot device every time you wanted to do something. Yeah, but that's been used. Not More so that in particular, but throughout all of media, they, they're finding new ways of how. what else can the Force do? What else can the Force do? So a lot yeah. of the stuff that's actually in this, like the like I said, the Force Echo, the Force Healing, stuff like that, that's been a big part of like video games and stuff. But I, I really <clears> like how they reached out a little bit more in this and got, went, okay, what do people do with the Force in the expanded universe? And let's actually show some of that in this movie that we've never seen in the movies before. And people have been saying, let's see these things in the movies. And then you show them the movies and like, why did you put this in the movie? God, nerd fans are so jackass. <laughs> you get what you want and then you complain about getting what you want. It was just a little bit, to me, just over the top. It was just sort of too much like deus es machina, the thing that you just magically make something happen. It was like force es machina. It's like every time we needed to do something, we used the force. It always made me think of the line from The Force Awakens of Han Solo. I wanted Han Solo to pop up. That's, that's not, not how, how the force, force works. works. <laughs> but it does, and it's been established in other ways that it does. So, I, yeah. They just did it a few too many times. It, it, I started to get tired of it. Is, is the problem. Is it just seemed like it kept going back to it too much. Plus, they also, again, were setting up I'll say, the say It wouldn't have worked later. at the end at all if they hadn't done it so many times to show that it can work. So, yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Again, mm-hmm. it goes back to you were never going to be happy with this movie. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah. No, yeah. So, yeah. I did, but, yeah, that's all I had to say about The Force, I guess. My next point, unless you had something else. No. Go My ahead. next point is Exegol! Well, we kind of already covered that, really. The most reachable, unreachable place in the galaxy. I guess we already talked about that, about how the whole Sith Wayfinder right. jackassery and how people got there. And Yeah, they mapped it out. They, they got the Wayfinder and mapped it out and told everybody else how to go they through. They just emailed the GPS directions to everybody, even though Luke had been looking for it and couldn't figure out how to get there. And it's been 30 years and nobody got there accidentally. Or as one a good article that I read online talked about, I was like, they created a problem that has never existed in Star Wars ever before, not being able to get someplace. Oh, no, but that's in a bunch of places. Things. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Because you know, they don't know where it's at because it's not mapped out. It's not that it wasn't mapped out. It was, It was. they knew where it was, but to get there, it was this weird navigational no, pathway. But no, they because there. they said in this that it's not in any star charts. It doesn't exist. Because remember, there's a part where R2-D2 is like, no, 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 it's not there because it's not anywhere. But again, we've never had that problem anywhere in Star Wars ever. Yeah, we have. It was in Rebels, Zeb's original home planet that he didn't know existed. There, there was a oh, whole like just, few episode series yeah, where they, they got find there. that. Yeah, but they didn't, he just didn't know that his race had a place that they went to. Exactly. Same thing. They didn't know that planet even existed. I don't and know. they didn't know that planet existed because the only way you get there is this one very specific way. And unless you stumbled upon that very specific way, you're never going to be able to find this place. Well, again, it, it still bothered me in the sense that, again, it gets a little bit more into the my next point, the hyperbole. The fact that they emailed the GPS direction to everybody. But the two times we actually saw ships traveling there when Ray and Kylo actually travel there, it looks like some type of like chaotic space, like a maelstrom type of mm-hmm. thing that's very difficult to navigate through. And if you go off course, you might be destroyed. Everybody gets through it and like all like a thousand ships are all in the sky all at once. Mm-hmm. It's like instead of maybe like two or three ships coming through at a time or something like that. But we don't know how long it took them to accumulate. We don't and wait for orders. Yeah, I, we don't. I mean, I have lots of problems. And, and they with did it. also show, too, when she was mapping it, like showing the way like it was going like 
from here to here, from here to here, from here to here. Mm -hmm. So it showed that there was a very specific way to go through it, that she was leading them. Well, I guess, again, for me, so much of the movie was wrapped around it being a hard place to get to, even though we knew that they were always going to get there. And it seemed like once they got there, it was very anticlimactic. The space battle, to me, was very anticlimactic. Even the confrontation with the Emperor was very anticlimactic. To make it such a big deal about needing to go on the MacGuffin scavenger hunt to find out how to get there. And then it ends up being pretty easy for everybody to get there. Sure, but the the drama wasn't after they got there. It was whether or not they were going to get there in time. Again, the whole ticking but, clock trope of we need to yeah. get there before, which again, I thought was stupid. We need to get there before the ships get out of the atmosphere. But again, you can simplify any movie the same way. Like, of course, the good guy's going to win and th- this is going to happen. The drama isn't whether or not it's going to happen. It's how it's going to happen. I agree. I mean, we knew what was going to happen at the end of The Return of Jedi, but it's still, to me, that was more dramatic than, than this. Like I already said, that this movie is Return of the Jedi. It, it seemed more dramatic to me. Because you were 10. 12, but still. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So let's just jump to that. The hype, to me, the, this, the absurdity of the number of Star Destroyers, there's over 100 Star yeah. Destroyers. And it looks, and again, J.J. Abrams even said, he told the VFX guys, I want every ship that has ever been in Star Wars anything, put them all in the sky. Mm -hmm. And that's basically Lando's resistance fleet. It's not fleet, it's just people. But that was annoying to me because not only did all of them seem to get through all at once, but there was just so many ships, you really couldn't make out what they were. I'm pretty sure I saw the ghost from Rebels because it was behind the Millennium Falcon. But all of the other ships, it's just so many ships, they all just kind of blended together. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And as it's like, I, it's like, it could have been a nice moment. Or even if you spent sweep through some of the cockpits or something, all we saw was Wedge being the gunner for Lando, which is another like Return of the Jedi moment. Lando's flying the Millennium Falcon, and Wedge is there to help him shoot stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's like another callback to... Yeah, it would have been nice to see a little bit more on that, but at the same time, once they all show up, you're like, okay, the battle's over. Yeah, eventually it's going to be over, but we see them like blow up like two or three ships. That battle should have gone on a lot longer. A lot of people on the Resistance side should have been killed. They were, at least the original. But they knew how to fight... The command ship was was gone. So they couldn't get out of the atmosphere, which so was they, stupid. They couldn't get out of the But there's yeah, still a hundred ships there. Right. But they also knew, again, from the very beginning, they said, if you get down to their level, they can't fire on us without hitting each other. So, so all you got to do is, they knew exactly what they had to do. They had to get down to that level, and they could just go ship to ship to ship to ship and do what they needed to do. And they're just that easy to destroy. To me, it's just like anticlimactic. Yeah. I wanted to see more of a space battle, and it was rather meh. It's like, we spent all this movie to get here, and now we're here, we'll just win easily. Well, they weren't in space, so how do they you get a space battle high... if they weren't in space? Okay, high atmosphere <laughs> battle. I mean, the entire concept, yeah. uh, again, I'm sorry, but having this massive fleet and not letting it get out of the atmosphere, for me, again, the end is just so stupidly anticlimactic. At, n- at no point during this movie, in any part of this movie, did I really feel that there was a threat that wasn't going to be overcome yet. It's I'll Star Wars, it's Disney, the good guys are going to win. But still, it's like, you know what? When we first see those ships come up out of the ice or whatever at the beginning of the movie, and we see the flash of lightning across the sky, and we see that there's 100 ships, it looks imposing, and then the battle is meh. 
Okay, they can't yeah. navigate without one ship navigating them up and then just shoot shoot it in the dick and it blows up. They didn't even like launch TIE fighters. They didn't okay, they can't shoot at you without shooting each other. I don't know. I wanted more to that scene. And it just was anticlimactic. Well, again, you, you keep saying this is a shot-for-shot shot remake of Return of the Jedi, and kind of the same thing there. Where Return of the Jedi had at least a fight. They were about to attack the Death Star. They had to pull up because the shield was still up. They had fights with TIE fighters. The Death Star fired at and blew up a bunch of their ships. They had to go and engage the Star Destroyers in point-black range. They actually had a, a ship sacrifice itself and crash into one of the Star Destroyers. There was a space battle. Okay, but in this one, most of the original Rebel fleet that came in all died trying to fight these things. Whippy. So there was a battle. Yeah, but it was pew pew, crash crash. <laughs> I wanted a little bit I, more. I don't think there was really much difference. Ugh, in both I... of them, it was the bad guy, the Emperor, is showing the good guy, look, I'm killing all of your friends, yes. and you're going to sit here and watch me kill all of your friends. Mm-hmm. And then, oh no, I'm not killing your friends anymore, and all my guys are dead. You want to oversimplify things? That's that's uh, that's all. That it was in either it one was of those. that way in the Return of the Jedi, but it just didn't seem as dumb to me. What did you think about? Because you're 12. <laughs> Even after repeated watchings, I've watched it more, uh, since I was 12. Yeah, but you're still looking at it from the eyes of your 12 year old. What did? Because you're getting the original feelings that you got when you first watched it. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible for me to like any Star Wars movie the way I like the original trilogy. Right. So that's definitely true. What did you think about throwing force lightning up into the atmosphere and disrupting? I liked that all it did was disrupt them. It didn't blow anybody it up. It didn't blow anybody up. But again, we've had this argument off mic where you said that you didn't think the force lightning should have done that damage. But Ray blew up a ship with force lightning and she didn't even know what she was doing. But that was like lifting off of the ground. He threw force lightning up into the sky. Oh, I guess no, it was up in the skyways. Yeah. And she didn't know how. Like, it just came out. She's like, oh, crap, what'd I do? Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's been training for his whole life. He knows what he's doing with force lightning, shooting it up in the sky and dispersing it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So you're, you're fine with him, Darth Shazamming the yeah. Uh, sky? Yeah. Lightning from my hands. Lightning from my hands. <laughs> I actually think what would have been cooler would have been if he was singling out and going that ship boom that ship boom yeah but go like just putting it up in the the sky and he was just fucking with her he's like mm-hmm. hey check it out check it out what I can do blah and he was just celebrating pretty much like I'm me again <laughs> shooting the lightning up in the, but again it was dispersing across the atmosphere it wasn't targeting specific ships it was dispersing throughout and creating a magnetic electromagnetic disruption which was disrupting the ship's abilities to fly correctly i don't see what's wrong with that okay did you like the whole the face off with palpatine and then he force drains them that's another force power to yeah. oh you're a dyad i guess i can use you i don't have to have one of you i well, liked how surprised he was by it one of the things i didn't like about earlier in that scene is like he basically tells her his plan hey ray kill me because if you kill me i'll possess you when and then you go I to become, unnecessary exposition, yeah. It was unnecessary. It was excessive, excessive exposition, but it's like, if you tell her the plan, then, then just run away, Ray. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to kill him. Uh, why he didn't say the same thing to Kylo Ren earlier, I don't know. But still, it's just like kind of weird that he gave her the plan. Right. Although it did look at, at a moment there, it did kind of look like he was almost forcing her to kill him. 
Like he might have been trying to force her to draw her lightsaber and strike him down symbolically. And yeah. then he would have been able to possess her. Although, again, it goes back to what I said before. It's like he couldn't have possessed someone else before. But he wanted the body of somebody force powerful. And he wanted the most force powerful. Mm-hmm. And maybe it had something to do with maybe she was the most compatible with because him. she was genetically compatible because yeah. she's his granddaughter maybe maybe yeah again that was something i would have liked to see a little bit more i wish they would have said a little bit more on that yeah i, I like a, a little bit more explanation i one of the things i had written down for myself in terms of making that entire sequence better for me and and part of the whole movie better for me without changing its plot is at one point i had said it would have been cool if at the beginning of the movie kylo ren shows up to kill the emperor and snotes there and he's just confused it's like i killed you and then Snote speaks with Palpatine's voice. He's like, I've been every voice inside your head the whole time. I think they did that well enough with the giant bottle of Snokes. Well, no, let me finish my thought. So right. he's he's fucked up. He's like, I thought I killed you. I didn't kill you. You're more powerful than I thought. Oh, you're really the emperor. Later when they come back and they're fighting and he's trying to pass his essence into Rey and she won't. And he's like, wait a minute, you guys are a dyad. And he drains them and then like Snote like explodes and Palpatine steps out of him. He's like, I'm me again. So his body is completely destroyed at the end of Return of the Jedi. He's been passing his essence through clones. Then how does he get his body inside of Snoke's body? Force magic. The whole power of the force can do anything. He resurrects his own body. It would have been cool, but stupid, but I think it would have been better than the decrepit body thing. I'm breaking my own rules of criticizing something I didn't <laughs> like about early in the Ruby, but it's like, I, I just, the, the scene is kind of like... Felt, it would be a cool scene, I'll give you that. Or, or at the very least, if you want to keep him on the, on, the, on the coat hanger, when he drains them from the Force Dyad, I think it would have been more interesting for him to become young Palpatine. Like to, to like step forward and he looks like he did in the prequels before he got all deformed. It's like I fully restored my body. I agree, except for maybe not fully. Like right after he Mace Windu. I was thinking about like right, well, I think right before the Mace Windu scarring. I'm saying right after. Okay. But I I do agree. I wish they he would have healed more than he did. I mean, because it doesn't change the plot of anything. I just wanted that to be a little bit more dramatic. But he also (laughs) only took so much. Right. (laughs) He changed into a red shirt. (laughs) But if he had taken that much energy from them, then they wouldn't have been able to fight back. Well, why didn't he completely drain them so they couldn't fight back? That's the other thing I was going to say. It's like, why didn't he just completely drain them to death? Maybe he had the thought of their child would be the next... Vessel or something? Yeah. And he was going to keep him alive. Although he flings... Just as I was thrown That's down true. before, he throws That's Kylo true. away. Ben. The Skywalkers will end. Yeah, and hucks him down the convenient shaft. <laughs> I had that dug specifically because I've been pissed for 30 years <laughs> that your grandfather threw me down that fucking well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did he land on? What was yeah, down yeah. there? How did he catch himself? I, 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 yeah. I, he, I, I think he it was hurt. cool. To, it was obvious he was going to come back. And yeah, it was kind of cool to just see the hand reach up and grab. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't have panned down just a little bit to show what he was holding on to. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Oh, he limped. He hurt his leg. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he fell down once. Yeah. <laughs>
they drug every last little dramatic drop they could out of that of yeah. him crawling his way over to Ray. What I like, it looked like he was trying to just force pull them closer to him, and then like all of a sudden this essence came into him. He's like, "Whoa, what the hell just happened here? I can do this? Mm-hmm. Sweet!" And so he pulled enough to regenerate himself. And I don't know if maybe he was trying to reevaluate from there with his new knowledge. He didn't want to go excessive and completely drain them because he didn't know what was going to happen. Is this going to take forever? Is this a temporary thing? What's going on with all this? There's a lot of what ifs there. So, yeah, I can I can run with that. Did you see her as dead or is this like mostly dead? Mostly dead. Okay. I don't I don't know. Because again, that goes back to what you had said before that did he resurrect her? Did he just prevent death? What was that? It wasn't completely explained. And you said you liked the fact that he died. Mm-hmm. So you thought that that was a, a fitting way for him. Because that closes end. the Skywalker saga. If he survived, then the Skywalker saga could keep going. Okay. So when she's lying there before that happens, when after they're drained, he gets flucked down the well. She's lying there on the ground, drained, and she looks up at the sky and she sees everyone's going. And then everything disappears and she just sees stars. Some people say, well, she was looking past the battle mm-hmm. into the sky. Mm-hmm. Other people were saying that she looked into the world between worlds. Because one of the things that people were debating is, were those force ghosts, force echoes, where did the voices come from? Because like right. one of my criticisms right. was, I really wanted to see force ghosts for no other reason other than I wanted to be able to see who was speaking to help me understand better what they were saying. These are your final steps, Ray. Rise and take them. Ray. Balance Ray as I did. In the night, find the light ray. Every Jedi who ever lived lives in you. Force surrounds you, Ray. Let it guide you. Feel the force flowing through you, Ray. Let it lift you. Rise, Ray. We stand behind you, Ray. In the heart of a Jedi lies her strength. Ray, the force will be with you. Always. I've looked up online who spoke and what they said. It was like, I definitely didn't hear all of that. But some people were saying maybe they were speaking through history, through the world between worlds thing that's in Rebels and the Clone Wars animated series. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think she was just connecting with the Force better. Just connecting with the Force. The whole thing, you know, be with me, be with me. And she's just calling them forward. And again, She, She was finally ready for it. She wasn't ready before, but now she was. Okay. The one that I heard two out of three times was Anakin saying, you know, bring balance to the force like I did, Ray. Yeah. Was one of the, which, which, which again, is another thing I'll come but back to. did you, though? Uh, did you? Yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to come back to later. And What did you think about what I call the Force Wonder Woman? When she oh. takes the double lightsaber, like she's, this kick-ass lightning that he just shot up into the sky to fuck with a bunch of ships. He turns and fires at her, and she just blocks it with one lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And then grabs the other lightsaber behind and does the Wonder Woman cross lightsaber thing and then reflects it back at him. She uses that for added strength to get close enough to him that it reflects back. Kind of like what Mace Windu had done to him when he got the lightsaber close enough to him that he was getting like the reverberation back from it. Mm-hmm. So my thought on that was, oh, <laughs> and you heard it before, why did she need the second one? Because... She was holding it like it was obviously a struggle to hold it with the one hand. Mm-hmm. She gets the second one, crosses it, and that's suddenly enough power to push forward. 
couldn't she have just put her other hand on the one lightsaber and done the same thing? Yeah. Or is there something going on with the lightsaber? Like, it could only absorb so much and it was getting hard to handle. Maybe the handle was getting hot. I don't know. It also may have just simply been symbolic that it was Luke and Leia's lightsabers. I'm sure that's what it was. was And it was a neat scene, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and and, as some other people's like, why wouldn't he have just stopped throwing lightning when the lightning was reflected back at him? Which is the exact same thing. Why didn't he stop when Mace Windu was doing the same thing? Yes. Well, But he was doing it because he was convincing Anakin to help him but right but also he started to distort and become deformed because his hate was just boiling out of him too it wasn't just all the force lightning reflecting back at him it was a combination of the two things i think but not to get off track so yeah that to me that was also just weird that that was it just seemed also again anticlimactic that okay i'll just reflect your force lightning back at you which is kind of sort of how he dies a little bit he gets thrown down the well by vader and you can say that his force lightning ignited the explosion that we saw or something but seemed a little bit weird what i was hoping is she would take that cross lightsaber get close enough and then behead him like anakin did dooku count dooku yeah that would have been cool but people have argued though then she would have actually killed him the whole thing that she said if you strike me down my essence will well she still killed him well, that's the thing that people have argued is like, how is that different? And people say, well, she didn't kill him in vengeance. She didn't strike him down in hatred, but she still killed him. Yeah. So he had said earlier, my essence will pass into you if you strike me down. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Who knows? Or as the other thing that people have asked is like, why should we think he's dead now? We thought he was dead at the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> but we never, we never really saw him die at the Return of the Jedi. He fell. There was a flash. We don't know what happened. And then the Death Star blew up. Then the dress star blew up, but maybe he had been thrown out of it. Whatever hole he went through, maybe that threw him out into space before the, the whole thing exploded. Maybe he fell into his escape pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was just a giant slide to get to his escape pod. Yeah. <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> and the giant flash was the engine going. <laughs> this final scene, one of it is this disappointing and the other one is just downright ugly. The disappointment for me is the oversimplification at the end of the movie with Palpatine saying, I am all the Sith, and Rey with, I am all the Jedi. And for me, it was just an oversimplification of Sith are evil, Jedi are good, good has to beat evil, Jedi win. It was the safest way to go Especially since one of the things that we liked or some of us liked about The Last Jedi was at least it seemed to be opening up the notion of gray because they had talked about how neither the Jedi way nor the Sith way was right. Because like Luke had said in The Last Jedi, well, at the height of their power, the Jedi let Palpatine and the Empire rise. So how could just doing it that way be the right answer? We don't really need much convincing that the Sith way isn't the right Plus, also, it comes back around to, even as they had Anakin say to inspire Rey, bring balance to the Force like I did. How is making it all Sith, all Jedi, Jedi beat the Sith balance? That's a good question. I don't like having to put those words in. I am all the Sith, I'm all the Jedi. I feel like they put that in as kind of like you're saying the the exposition of like explaining why she's trying to channel all those people and, and all that. And I think that's just unnecessary. Yeah, it's like the culmination of the entire saga. It's like, I represent all of the evil and all of the Sith. You represent all of the Jedi and all of the good. 
and we smash together and Jedi wins. Yeah, we want good to win. It's it's Star Wars and it's Disney. The good guys should win. I am shampoo and I clean the hair. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it seemed too oversimplified to me. So that was that I call ugly because I thought it was unsatisfying because in fairness, bringing balance to the Force has never been cleanly answered in any of the Star right, Wars movies. Right. So it's not like the original trilogy or the prequels did it better. I've always wanted a better answer to what the hell does it actually mean? The whole idea of bringing balance to the Force was a problem that the prequels created, because they're the ones yeah. who said Anakin is the chosen one who will bring balance to the Force. But they never explain what the fuck that means. But also, but and Yoda even says, misinterpreted that might have been. Right. And they, and they did play with it in both the Clone Wars uh, and Rebels animated series. So what exactly does that mean? Right. And again, but even then, I don't think they've ever come up with an idea. So the, to go the safe route and say, well, we're not going to give you an answer. We're just going to go back to an oversimplified response. Because like as some people online have pointed out, it's like it seems to really fundamentally get the Jedi wrong because you could look at the prequels essentially as proving what Luke said in The Last Jedi, showing that the Jedi way really fucked things up in the prequels. They didn't stop Palpatine. And like Anakin complained during the Clone mm -hmm. Wars, we're not winning this because we're doing it the Jedi way. It's stopping us from doing what is necessary to end this war. Yeah, and that's explored a lot in the other materials as well. Yes, and the movie's how, not as well, but yeah. Yeah, the the reason that the Sith keep coming back is because the Jedi just won't finish. Right. And that's why the Sith almost succeeded in completely wiping out the Jedi. Right. They were willing to do right. go to that extreme. So that's why I thought it was just like, it's unfortunate that the saga ends with too neat oversimplification now, of that. Now, one thing, when the Emperor is like, I am all the Sith, mm -hmm. it sounded cool. And oh, yeah. It, and it was, it was actually, I enjoyed hearing that come out of the Emperor. But then immediately after, I was like, ah, she's going to say she's all the Jedi, isn't she? And then, then all of a sudden, it's like, ah, yeah, she's going to say it. And then she says, I'm like, Really? Especially since earlier in the movie, she was like, be with me. Be right. with me. If she had said, now, if she all, had said the, all the Jedi are with me, that would have been better. Yes. It still would have been oversimplified, but it would have been better than saying I am all the Jedi. Right. All the Jedi are with me. I have a better way of ending it, but that would have made it smooth it over for me. I thought it was disappointing. Better to you. Better to me. Right. But the truly ugly thing about this movie and this is the only thing that really bothers me about Rey being a Palpatine. She could have been a Palpatine without a problem if the story was different. But the major problem I have with her being a Palpatine is that the Skywalker saga ends with one Palpatine fighting another Palpatine. While the Skywalker's limping in a hole. <laughs> While the Skywalker's limping in a hole, but I mean, it's like, again, right. that to me is like, what? That, that fucking pissed me off. Yeah, I understand that. And, and until you said it, it never really even occurred to me. But after you said it, I'm like, yeah, it does really suck. But on the other hand, if it had been Ben killing the Emperor, <laughs> then it would have been even more an exact copy of Return of the Jedi. So... And again, that's why it goes back to... It and really... Rey wouldn't have been the, the hero of the story. Right. She needed to stay the hero of the story. And I'm not, I don't, I didn't want Ben to step in and be the hero. But again, if she had been anybody else, including being a nobody, 
she, oh. it would have been fine. Okay. How it should have ended. Okay. All right. So, Force Lightning, I am all the Jedi, Wonder Woman, force it back at you, behead. Oh no, I'm being possessed by the Emperor. Ben, kill me. Oh. And with his final last bit of energy, he kills her, they both die. Romeo and Juliet ending? (laughs) Romeo and Juliet ending. There's balance to the Force because there's no longer any more Sith or Jedi. Boom. About to say, I, it's not perfect, but you know what would have been better? Kind of go along with what you were That's saying. That's me in general. Not perfect, but but better. Well, it go, it goes along with what you were saying earlier about if if at the end, if Rey decided not to teach anybody anything so that no one can become powerful in the Force, let people forget about the Force, maybe that brings balance. But what you just said, it's messy, but it would arguably bring balance. Right. It would also help with the other thing I said earlier. It's like, why didn't the Emperor possess her? So if he started exactly. to... Exactly. Actually, you know what? That is a pretty clean ending. It's not perfect, but it's a lot cleaner than the one we got. Yeah. It, the and, Emperor goes in her, and then all of a sudden, like, his laugh is coming out of her. Right. You see a little <clears> bit of panic, and, like, in a last second, you just hear her go, kill me. And then a Skywalker does bring balance to the Force. Exactly. And dies doing it. Boom. I would drop my mic, but I don't want to hurt it. It's expensive. (laughs) Do you have anything else before we go to our close? No, let's go ahead and jump into that. My metaphorical rating is the Jedi Way Loster. (laughs) Yes, that is a very contorted pun because I hate the Sith Way Finder. My metaphorical rating is the Jedi way loster. And this kind of plays off of what I was just talking about of how it's an oversimplification of the whole Jedi, Sith, dark, light story and balance of the Force. And one of the stupid things that I kept coming back to in my head is like, even the Jedi say, may the Force be with you. They don't say, may the Jedi be with you, which is what she keeps asking for in this movie. It's like, May the Force be with you. I wanted this movie to have a better resolution to the Sith, Jedi, dark, light, gray, balanced Force question. And the thing that kept running through my head was one of my favorite scenes from Rogue One and one of my favorite taglines from Rogue One. I am one with the Force. The Force is with me. So I would have wanted to have Rey say when the Emperor's like, I am all the Sith. She says, I am not Sith. I am not Jedi. I am not dark. I am not light. I am one with the force. And the force is with me. To me, that would have been a cleaner then way. Then she beheads him. He goes into her body <laughs> and then Ben kills her. But I'm bummed. Damn. Yes, that would. But to me, I still have a problem with her being a Palpatine and saying that. But that's more of what I wanted. A, a more balanced. Mm-hmm. It's not the Jedi or the Sith. And that's why I think it, it, it lost the way of the core Star Wars message of the Force, which, again, like I said before, has admittedly always been muddled. Yeah, I kind of agree. And I, I wish they would have explored the gray side as well. Is that all you had to say? That's my yeah, that's right. my closing. So for me, uh, I, I give this a, a Force healing. I did not like the uproar that uh, the Last Jedi made and how it was made such, quote unquote, great changes to the Star Wars universe. I never took them in the context that a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean critics, were taking it. it. 
I am starting, it feels like, a, a little internal battle against critics at this point. That uh, I keep seeing them, like, unless it's a super artistic take on something, it's like critics hate it. And sometimes there's good movies. They're good just because they're simple and good and enjoyable. And that's okay. And I feel like this movie just didn't understand what non-critics liked about Star Wars. They, they didn't understand the Star Wars fandom in a way that non-critics do. I think this movie took what The Last Jedi had broken and expanded on those things to bring the story back to where it should have been to begin with. Um, and it also kind of picked up that storyline from broken pieces and put it all together. It's by far not a perfect movie. I enjoyed this movie, but I would not... I don't even know if I'd go as far as say it was a good movie. I know you think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's an enjoyable, fun movie. Just like a lot of the, like even the prequels, they're not great movies, but they're an enjoyable, fun series. And I think this movie altogether is an enjoyable fun. I did not like Last Jedi, but I always threw in the caveat, I need the final movie to answer the questions or, or to figure out what I felt about Last Jedi. And I do like The Last Jedi more now, seeing how it's concluded, because of the way that it takes those pieces and puts it back together. So, yeah, it's not perfect. I think the trilogy would have been a lot better if there was an overall vision from the beginning. But it is overall enjoyable for me. I agree for the most part. I don't really think that The Last Jedi was actually that broken. Half of the movie is a waste of time. And I also, to your point about having a better overall vision for the trilogy... I can't help but wonder, there actually might have been, we don't know what Colin Trevorrow was going to do yeah. with the third movie. It could have been better. It could have been worse. It might have flowed better, at least. Maybe. We don't know. There's, there's, a, there's a script, that, a draft of a script that was released online that hasn't been authenticated. It's not a great story, but it has some elements that I enjoy. But the thing for me is that there had to have been some semblance of a plan and they abandoned it because they freaked out about The Last Jedi's Maybe. fan response. Because Ryan Johnson didn't go rogue. They approved his script. He made that movie. True. And once that movie was in, po at least when it was in post-production, they had to tell the next guy, here's the story. Give us a draft. And he gave up, he wrote up a draft. And they had to have initially accepted it. They didn't fire him immediately. Yeah, because they worked on it for a while. They worked on it for a while and were about to start principal photography and said, no, we're not going to do this. So there might have been a plan. They just may have lost confidence in their plan because they didn't get the right. response that they thought The Last Jedi would get. So who knows? But I agree. The story of the trilogy feels broken because it doesn't right. seem to fly. When I, when I say broken, I, I, I don't mean like it broke everything in the universe or anything. I just mean as many doors as it opened, it also closed a lot. It ran the story in a direction that there was... I don't feel like there was going to be a way to make the series flow because of the direction that that went. And that's what I mean by broken. It ran it in a direction that was going to be very, very difficult to write out of. I actually think, again, going back to my, my gray and balanced idea, I think they could have actually run with what both Luke and Kylo said in that movie. Maybe. And they could have gone what the main problem. That, it, it's a bad movie. The Last Jedi, when they killed Snow, they left it. Really, again, the only way, like I had said earlier, they would have had to leave Kylo be the big bad and have Rey kill him. 
because that would be that's really a major narrative problem that it introduced. Mm-hmm. They could have gone gray. It might not have been great, but it they could have taken that movie. Right. The Last Jedi, it was broken to me because half the movie is a waste of time. But they could have run with those other ideas, and I think that they may have. And again, going back to what I had said, I really like that idea because another thing, just to follow up on what I had said earlier, the whole being one with the Force thing, I would have liked to see this movie then end with Finn coming up and telling Rey, I'm Force-sensitive too, will you train me to be a Jedi? And she says, no, but I will train you to be one with the Force. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Again, so I mean, so it, they could have run with the but, last. But Jedi. again, it, again, kind of where I was going with that whole thing with the broken thing and the storyline is, if there was an overall vision from the beginning, mm-hmm. it would have flowed a lot better. It would, and and, 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 I, and all of the movies probably would have been better. Oh, without question, and I think also the decision to basically remake the plot of the original trilogy was ultimately a self defeating decision. The lack of originality there. They could have told a similar cyclical story, but literally making everyone an archetype of the old characters. It was kind of an issue from the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, once they went down that path, forever it dominated its destiny. Yeah. Consumed it, it did. And we're done. <laughs> we passed on all we know. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.